This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Love. 
Let's just uh, pause for a moment and ask God to help us. Lord, we, we feel the, the burden of, of this moment, and I ask that you would just help me to say the things that I should say and leave unsaid everything else. Lord, I uh, pray that you would um, really speak to us today. God, don't let us just... Um, past this moment without hearing from you. I ask this in your name. Amen. John chapter 3, verse 26 through 30 will provide the foundation for our thoughts. Uh, I think most of you, if you've been in church at all, you'll probably recognize, even though the verbiage maybe from the New Living Translation won't be quite as familiar, but you'll recognize the scripture again, John chapter 3, uh, I'll read a few verses beginning with verse 26, and it reads like this, John's disciples came to him and said, teacher, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you said was the Messiah, is also baptizing people, and everybody is going over there instead of coming here to us. Now, l- let me make sure we, we understand the context, John the Baptist was having a very successful ministry. He was the, the, the big ticket in town. He was the main religious uh, attraction. His was a thriving church. But, but all of a sudden, this, this upstart comes and uh, starts preaching and uh, begins taking people away from John the Baptist. And, and uh, you know, kind of in my own words here, basically the leaders of John the Baptist, they, they, they call a timeout, they call a church meeting, and, and they're panicking, and they're saying, Pastor John, uh, you know that new guy, that new ministry, that they're taking people away from our church. We're concerned. So, so that's kind of the, the, the context. And then uh, John replies in, in verse 27, God in heaven appoints each person's work, You yourselves know how plainly I told you that I'm not the Messiah. I'm here to prepare the way for him. That's all. That the bride will go where the bridegroom is. A bridegroom's friend rejoices with him. I'm the bridegroom's friend and I am filled with joy at his his success. And then here's the key verse. He must become greater and greater. I must become less and less. Many of you, of you are aware that over the past couple of months, I've, I've taken a couple of international missions trips, uh, one to Africa, to Tanzania, Africa, and, and then another to uh, a country just north of Australia called Papua, Papua New Guinea. And these have been long and exhausting trips, and uh, they've logged me, and I'm just guessing here, I haven't actually figured it out, but I'm guessing at least 35,000 miles of travel. 
Now, the, the advantage of all that travel is that I've had time to do some reading. And, and one of the books that, that I, I read, I borrowed from Silas McGeehee, and, and this is the book here. It's, uh, the author is Sean Lovejoy, and, and the title is The Measure of Our Success. And it goes into just sometimes, and, and, and the subtitle is An Impassioned Plea to Pastors, but it's, it's how pastors sometimes will measure the, the health and the success of, uh, of, of their churches. But as I read that, there, there's a chapter right near the end that just really spoke to me. And, and, uh, and I reread that chapter, I don't know, I would think probably half a dozen times or more. And, and, I, and during the rest of my travel, I, I just really spent time praying and, and seeking God and, and reflecting on my ministry here at the Church of God Holiness. After arriving home, I, I pondered a decision that was, that was really vividly confirmed by several sessions. We as a staff, a week and a half ago, we went to a leadership conference in, in, in Dallas. And, and so some of the sessions that I attended just really confirmed the decision and uh, so I've made a private decision that, that um, today I need to make public. And, and I would ask you to listen to the entirety of what I'm saying. Otherwise, you're going to leave. You're going to be confused. You're not going to have the facts clear. You might think something or spread something that is not true. So I would ask you to listen to everything I have to say. Effective immediately, I am resigning as the leader of our church. Now, you may ask, why this drastic measure? Well, let me be clear that it's not because I've fallen into some secret or moral sin. It's not that I've been living a double life and about, am about to be found out. It's not that I'm having marriage problems at home. It's not that I've become a closet alcoholic or drug addict. I am a confessed chocoholic, but not an alcoholic. It's not that there's been financial mismanagement or misappropriation of any church funds. It's not that I've accepted a position at another church or in another line of work. The reason I'm resigning as leader of this church, and this is somewhat difficult for me to admit, but the reason that I'm resigning is that the challenges of leadership are more than I can handle. In fact, I've been in over my head for quite some time. You know, for a long time, I've carried the burden, the decisions, the pain, the weight of trying to lead this church. But now I realize I'm incapable of doing so. And I've tried to make up for this inability by working harder and, and even working smarter and trying to discipline and grow myself as a leader, a pastor, teacher, preacher, visionary. And yes, over the past couple of decades, God has really blessed our church However, more so than ever before, God has shown me I'm not capable of leading this church. Um, you know, in the past as a whole, I, I considered myself not, not a great, but, but a decent, fair leader in the church world. But today I do not. You ask, what will I do now? Well, I'm not certain. I've always seemed to know what to do next, but today I don't. I do know, however, what this resignation will mean for this church. It will mean that things will soon get better around here. Things will get healthier. This church can now return its focus to what God has called it to be. The church will be more unified and more loving without me in charge. The church will possess much more ability than before. All uh, that being said, I want to make it clear that I have no plans to leave the church unless our board or you as members feel it's better that I do so. But my desire is not to leave. I, I simply just don't want to be the leader anymore. 
In fact, I have no intention of resigning from my actual position of lead pastor. I'm, I, I'm very confident for this moment, and I have a passion for this, that, that God has called me to be the lead pastor of this church, and I will continue with God's help to try to fulfill that calling until God releases me or you feel it's time for me to move on. So again, so there's no confusion I'm not resigning from the position of lead pastor. I'm simply resigning the position of leader of this church. Because that's really not my rightful position. The title of of leader of of this church belongs to Jesus Christ. He is to be the chief shepherd and, and he and only he must be the leader. As the lead pastor, I'm to be under him and under his authority. And I confess to you, that has not always been the case. Way too many times, I'm sorry to say, but I've done my own thing. And in so doing, at times, I've probably missed what God really wanted for this church. I've already repented to God for that, and today I repent to you. If our church is ever going to become what God wants it to be, as as our scripture said, I'm going to need to decrease. He's going to need to increase. I'm going to need to lead less and follow him more. In fact, I don't need to lead the church at all. That's his job. And God forbid that I ever attempt to take his place again. Now, let me just issue a caution here. My my tendency, I know myself, my tendency will be to try to take over God's role in our church from time to time. I, I've served here for over 22 years. And, and those of you that have been in one job a long time, you know, you gain experience and, and you learn how to do things. And so I, I think sometimes it's natural for us to want to act on our experience. And in the church world, it's no exception. And so we act on our experience, our knowledge, and, and we neglect allowing God to work in His own way. And so... I may slip up from time to time and try to take control back from Jesus. But if you see that happening, I'm giving you permission. In fact, I'm asking you to confront me and speak the truth in love. And and I know it's easy for us to get defensive when we're confronted. But but if I know that your motives are are pure, and if I know that you're genuinely committed to the mission of Jesus Christ, I will do my best to not get defensive. Together, all of us, We can hold each other accountable for allowing Jesus to remain the leader of our church. And really, none of us, regardless of how long we've been at this church or how long we've been Christians, none of us deserves to be in charge of Christ's church. Unfortunately, there are some of us in every church who think we're in charge, or at least we wish we were. If any of us is guilty of that, we need to repent. So today I'm resigning my agenda. I'm letting go of my selfish ambitions. I'm giving up my desires. I'm decreasing that he might increase. I'm dying that he might live. I'm giving up my plans so that we can follow his plan. And today I make the audacious request that Jesus come and work through me. You know, I don't want to manipulate my way through ministry. I don't want to control. I don't want to be like a bulldozer, pushing and shoving my way. I, I just simply want Jesus to use me as he sees fit. 
Now, just so you know, I would like for resignations to be a way of life around here. Let's quit worrying so much about status and position and control. This is not our church. It belongs to Jesus. Jesus didn't say, I will build your church. He he didn't even say, you will build my church. He said, I will build my church. And as his servants, we get the privilege of being used by him as he builds his church. Now, I realize your area of control might not be the church like mine, but maybe you find yourself trying to be the controller of your life or your family or maybe the controller of your Sunday school class or the controller of your small group or controller of your marriage or family. I encourage you to give it up to Jesus. And I discovered something so amazing. I can hardly wait to tell you about this. When you give up control and and let Jesus take over, an incredible transformation begins to take place. And, And last Sunday, as I was wrestling with this whole thing and I, I was seeking direction for today and, you know, I, 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 I got in the recliner and stretched out before the Lord trying to get my beauty rest, of which I so desperately need, but it, it didn't happen. And I'm sorry for you, for your sake. But anyway, I, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I came to the church in the middle of the afternoon and, and I came into the sanctuary all alone and I turned on some worship music and you weren't here so I could crank it up as loud as I wanted it. And and the walls were just kind of vibrating here. It was awesome, like a train just going through this place. And I began to just worship the Lord. And, and He flooded my soul in a way that brought almost uncontrollable tears. I gave up the reins of this church. And I gave control back to Him. And when I did so, He gave me His presence in such a new and fresh way. In fact, again this week, more than once, the last time being this morning before you got here, he flooded my heart with such an incredible sense of his presence. I want to live in that presence. You know, sometimes we we, we sing that song, there shall be showers of blessing. Well, what's a shower? Well, a shower is over pretty fast. I don't want a shower of blessing. I want to live in his blessings. I want to live in his presence all of the time. And, and, and what's so amazing, when I let go of the reins of control, let me tell you what happened. I felt a huge sense of relief. Wow. I felt so much relief to know that I don't have to be the change agent for people anymore. I don't have to be the one to make things happen through brilliant strategy or clever preaching. I don't even have to be the savior of troubled marriages. All of those are God's jobs. And I wish I had never tried to take those jobs away from him. Now, that that isn't saying that I'm going to passively sit back and and sleep until noon and sit on my hands and twiddle my thumbs and do nothing while marriages blow up and sick people have surgery and people suffer heartache. No, you'll still find me at the office early. You will still find me praying and studying and And seeking God for every message I preach. You will still find me trying to encourage and love people. And and help help marriages get back on track again. You will still see me involved in trying to make help make disciples. But this resignation simply means I'm not the leader anymore. I've resigned from that. And I'm putting Christ back in the lead role. 
And here's what I believe will now happen. Since Jesus is now in charge around here, I believe that God will begin to do immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine or envision for this church. And, and I honestly believe that my plans and vision for this church have been way too small and maybe even somewhat misguided. And now that the inferior leadership of this church has stepped aside, I'm, I'm tremendously excited about our future. I am stoked. I'm pumped because I believe that God is going to begin to move in a fresh way. And as he does, you may not like this, but I'm warning you. Here is a warning for you, buddy. God may come to you and lay his hand on your shoulder and say, Oh, by the way, since I'm now the leader of this church, today I'm choosing you. No, you haven't been involved. Maybe you thought you were too busy or too old or too young. Or you thought you weren't talented enough. But God might now say, I want you. I choose you. I want you to serve. Or maybe for a few of you. I'm warning you. Some of you have been too comfortable sitting and not serving. Maybe even a bit lazy. And maybe he will come to you and say, hey, you've been sitting on your blessed assurance way too long and I want to use you to encourage this person or teach this class or help with this ministry or hand out bulletins or help clean the church or mow the lawn or even maybe help restore marriages and just so you know no longer will ministry at the church of God holiness showcase our staff yes we will still be involved but our goal will now be to decrease and see Jesus increase and see you increase because our job according to the Bible is to prepare God's people for the work of the ministry and I believe Jesus wants to raise up some new leaders around here this church is not to be about us as a staff and now we're asking Jesus to be front and center and allow him to choose whomever he wants to help build his church in whatever way he wants period We're going to uh, wrap this up and prepare our hearts for, for communion. And, and as we do so, I want to ask a question here. And I, I just kind of opened, opened myself up to where you get a glimpse into my life over the past few weeks. But I want to ask a question that really affects you. Why is it that we struggle so much with control issues? Is it because we don't trust Him? You know, we, we, we come forward and say, Oh, Jesus, I give you control of everything. But, but, but do we? I, I mean, can I just get really controversial? You think the political speech was controversial. Can we say that He has control of our finances? I mean, are we honoring him with our finances? Do we give the tithe of the increase? If we don't, we haven't given him control. Are we honoring him and giving him control of our entertainment? You know, would we watch what we do if we knew that Jesus were sitting beside us? 
Are we secretly looking at anything that's not pleasing to Him? Are, are we honoring Him and giving Him control of our families? Are we leading our families closer to Jesus? You know, if there's anything that I would love to see happen over the coming days is that we would resign from being in control and allow Jesus to be in charge of every aspect of our life. You know, Deuteronomy 32, 4 says, all of God's work is perfect. 2 Samuel 22, 31 says that His way is perfect. Job 37, 16 says His knowledge is perfect. Hebrews 4, 15 says that God Himself is perfect. God has never made a mistake or taken a wrong turn in the universe. And do you really think that you're going to be the person with whom God makes His first mistake? Don't think so. And so today, let's let Him be the leader. And as we prepare to take communion, can I just plead Romans chapter 12, verse 1 for you, verse 2. Listen to what it says as we prepare our hearts to come to the table. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. And Jim referred to this, but let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept. When you think of what he's done for you, is this too much to ask? Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His will really is. So today, I'd like for all of us to just resign. Resign from being controllers, <laughs> manipulators. Let's let Him take His rightful place as the leader of our lives, the leader of our church, of our small group, of our home, of our finances. And let me tell you what will happen. There will be a peace that passes all understanding that will just come over you. And you can begin living in Jesus. So today, as we partake, why don't we just resign and say, God, here I am. I'm yours. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. God, thank you for dealing kindly with us and Lord sometimes we're so hard headed you have to make it make it known make your will known in some forceful ways but we know behind all of that it's your love that never ends Father I thank you that we can come to the table today and Lord these elements represent something that's so dear to us. Lord, the bread represents your body that was broken there on Calvary. And actually, before you got to the cross, as the book of Isaiah says, you were beat beyond recognition. And, and so, Lord, the, the bread in the old times, they used to break the bread and representing the broken body. And then, Lord, we have the juice that represents the, 
the blood of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And Father, as we come to you, kind of as a precursor to partaking, I pray that we would just resign from leadership and that we would accept your lordship over our lives. Lord, that we would just follow you with all of our hearts. Lord, again, forgive us for those times that we've tried to control and manipulate. Lord, today we resign from that. We want to restore you to your rightful place as leader of our lives and leader of this church. Lord, as we partake, let this be such a special time. I pray this in Jesus' precious name. You see the three tables here. We practice open communion at this church. If you're not a member of this church, it doesn't matter to us. If you're a member of the family of God, we invite you to come and and partake. Just enjoy this time. And I would hope that there would be several of you that you might want to just come to the altar and say, Lord, here I am. I give myself to you. If you want to take your elements back to the seat, uh, that's fine. We're not going to be partaking at, at the same time because... You may be on a different time schedule as far as when you're ready to receive these elements. But I would ask you to just stand and I invite you to come as we hear Jim and Rachel sing for us. You may come and receive the elements. shattered by the fall broken and forgotten feeling lost and all alone summoned by the king into the master's courts lifted by the savior and cradled in his arms I was carried to the table seated where I don't belong carried to the table swept away by his love and I don't see brokenness anymore when I'm seated at the table of the Lord I'm carried to the table the table of the Lord fighting thoughts of fear Wondering why he called my name Am I good enough to share this cup? This world has left me lame Even in my weakness The Savior called my name In his holy presence I'm healed and not ashamed As I'm carried to the table 
Again, we thank you for your presence today. Lord, I've been praying for just uh, an incredible move of your spirit beginning in our hearts that would spread to this church, to all of the churches in this community, to the community, to the state and across America. Father, uh, seems like a fire, a raging flame begins with just one spark. And even in this small community, insignificant community on the national scene, yet, Lord, everything is significant when you're in it. And I just pray that today there would be that spark that would be fanned into a flame of revival, renewal, that would change the course of history in this community. And so, Lord, here we are again resigning, allowing you to be Lord of our lives. We pray this in your name. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. Thank you for coming. Lord bless you. See you this evening. You're dismissed.
You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.